gonna stumble to the kitchen for myself this a cup is of the ambition We tackle the often uniquely but not always female dilemma managing life, work, family and self. I'm Maura Carlin. And I'm Christy Derrico. We're reaching out to women and men to hear their balanced stories, what worked, what didn't, and what takeaways they have to help improve our lives and achieve balance. One bit of advice that comes up, or maybe it's two, is to be your own boss and work from home. Our guest is a mompreneur, and if you're not familiar with that term, we will explain. She took something that her family needed and ultimately turned it into a global business. Leslie Josell is the founder of Order Out of Chaos, which provides education, guidance, and coaching to help children develop skills necessary to succeed. It's also more than that, because Leslie's created a community to share advice, issues, thoughts, and she has products as well as three books she's authored. The most recent is geared to teens and young adults. Most of us could probably use it. How to do it now because it's not going away. The first was what's the deal with teens and time management. And the third uh, is the complete diabetes organizer. Welcome, Leslie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Leslie, I am dying to hear a little bit about your background. Why don't you tell us something about how you got uh, your, your education and how you got started on this path in life? So two things. Um, I graduated. I don't like this is boring stuff, but I did graduate on a human uh, development and family studies major. So that to me, I was always curious um, and educated on the family dynamics. Um, But true story, um, my son, um, when he was five, was diagnosed with ADHD, executive dysfunction, a host of other things. And back then, there was not a lot out there. There weren't podcasts, you know, and the websites and all that good stuff. So I had to rely a lot on my instincts and my gut to figure out ways to untangle his world at home and at school. I am making a very long story super short. Um, But what I ultimately did was specialize as an ADHD specialist. And I was going at that time home to home, house to house to try to help parents basically set up their homes so that it would serve their students. But ultimately what I ended up doing was becoming certified as an academic life coach for teens and college students with ADHD and LD. And probably the past seven years, we stopped doing um, in-person and our company is 100% virtual and global. Interesting. So just for listeners, LD stands for learning disabled, correct? Disability, not uh, disabled. Disability. Got it. Learning, uh, I got it. Or and it could be differences. Some yeah, people do it different. differently. Oh, look at this. I learned something new today. <laughs> you know, uh, each one of us knew it in a different context. So j- just looking at what you studied in, in college, uh, human, human development and family studies, wh- what were you thinking of doing with that as an education major? So nothing. I went to, I was in <laughs> I graduated and went into public relations. I was a very, I'm going to be honest, I was a very good writer and that's how I got hired. And I did mostly association PR, like food predominantly. Um, and then I did various other things. Um, but what really happened for me was I was actually working, I was working four days a week at the time I started this business and I did not intend to start it. I always say I'm an accidental entrepreneur. This is the other half of the story. I really took a lot of time figuring out ways in my own house how to um, help my son. Things back then that were considered revolutionary, not so much maybe now. 
And I had a very dear friend who was a therapist who came and saw what I did and said, oh, my goodness, do I have someone for you to help? She had a patient with four sons under the age of 10, all who had been diagnosed with ADHD. I, she reached out to me. I went out of the goodness of my heart. I wasn't doing this for any other reason other than to help out my friend and this person. What happened after that was four of, let's call her Lisa, four of Lisa's friends called me and said, I saw what you did at Lisa's house. Can you come to my house? And I turned to my husband. This is the true story. And I said, but I don't do this for a living. I was working four days a week. And he said, well, you do now. And that was it for me. And I'm, you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm a type A. All the details need to line up. And I was like, I don't have a name. I don't, I don't know anything about starting a business. But I kind of put one foot in front of the other. And within a month, I quit my job. And within six months, I had a team. And what that showed me more than anything was people were craving um, help and resources and information. And over the years, I started taking that and building an email list and started sending tips and tools out to people who wanted to subscribe, started asking those people what they wanted to know about. I remember I had my first webinar 10 years ago, maybe five people showed up. Two of them being my cousin and my sister. <laughs> <laughs> Supportive family is important. Supportive families unite. And here we are 17 years later, a global, you know, company um, with over 75,000 members. But what it still says to me is that people are still looking for connection, community, education, and answers. So let me ask you a question. It's funny. You've hit, a, if, if anyone were wanting to become an entrepreneur and started a business, many of the steps you've talked about are exactly what they recommend. But let me ask you this. Was it hard for you to transition from a paying four-day-a-week gig to jump jump into the unknown, something that you, you kind of stumbled upon, like financially for your family, did this happen easy? Did you did your yeah. stomach tighten? How did that go? So interestingly, like I said, I did not set out. And I always say that I am I did not have a deliberate plan. I didn't have a business plan. I did not set I did not set sit down, excuse me, consciously and say, I'm gonna start this business. So that pit in my stomach wasn't there because I was still working when I when I decided to dip my toe in this, I was still working four days a week and doing this Fridays and Saturdays. But what I soon learned within literally a month to maybe six weeks was the phone was not stopping. It was ringing, ringing, ringing. Um, so the decision to quit my job was a very calculated and deliberate one. I never felt. Now, granted, it could have all fallen apart, but it wasn't. I could see the trajectory of I can be booked two to three months out to the point where six months in, I was bringing in a team where the pit in my stomach, and I think this is a really interesting thing for for entrepreneurs is, you know, I was working for, I was working prior to that. So obviously someone said when they hired me, you, you know, you you understand what I need you to do. We value what you have to do, so we're going to hire you. Now, all of a sudden, I was an entrepreneur, and I had to prove to others that I was, you know, capable and that I was knowledgeable and that I had, and I knew what I was doing. So let's so, take that concept, Leslie, of 
entrepreneur to the mompreneur, which I know you've used to describe yourself, and some call them mompreneurs, um, and mm-hmm. it's you know combining mom and entrepreneur. Um, and for those who don't know, it's a concept that allows the mom to be the primary full-time parent at home. Typical examples, you know, or traditional examples would be to have an eBay or Etsy business, a daycare, freelance writers, uh, landscaping, realtor, those those kinds of things. Um, I, I don't know if you still um, no, think of yourself I that way. But you did at the beginning, didn't you? Yeah. And so I just want to share that about 71% of mompreneurs are also the primary primary child care provider. Yes. So what this allowed me to do, so you have to remember at the very beginning, it was not a virtual company. I was going out one, you know, house by house, home by home. And that did allow me to, to create a schedule that worked for myself and my family while my husband had more of that traditional, like, get on the train and go in and not, you know, not be home till later. And I did call myself a mompreneur, but I didn't call myself a mompreneur, sorry, for that reason. I called myself a mompreneur because I felt that moms tend to be the ones who look around and say, what is missing in my world that I super need and how can I make that happen? And that's what I did. I felt that there was a need, um, there was. I had no one had ever heard of what I was doing. At that time, you know, the professional organizing was just kind of becoming a little mainstream, but yet I was never the one doing attics and kitchens and basements. I was doing ADHD systems and structures. But what I really tapped into was that I came to the table saying there was a void and I had figured out how to fill it. As the years have gone on, and I run a, you know, it's it's a full-on business, employees, the whole nine yards, I would say about six, seven years ago, I dropped the mom thing, and I am, I'm an entrepreneur. Wow. Well, we're going to take you. a break. We'll be back with more speaking with Leslie Jozel in just a moment. Working and welcome back here at The Balanced Dilemma. We have our guest, Leslie Jozel. Leslie, before we took our break, we were talking about your the evolution of your business. And first of all, I just, again, want to comment on uh, another thing they recommend in business development is looking for a gap in the market. And you just stumbled upon it and grabbed the ring and went and went and went with that. So let me ask you about your business. Um, in the beginning, how long did was it just you as a sole proprietor? So at the very beginning... Um like I said, about six months in, I brought on team members, but none of them, they were all contract people. I never, I didn't want to take on employees at the time for a my way of reasons. So I would say it took me six months, to, but the team that I brought on here was interesting where people could go in and actually do the work that I was doing so that I could, I could expand my reach. Um, it took me, and I would never do this again, it took me two years to bring on like administrative support, like mm-hmm. the people behind, mm. you know what I'm saying, to build, to build the business. Um, so it took me about two years. And then from there, we just kept growing. I think the biggest pivotal moment for the business, if I really am to look back, is, again, it goes back to filling, as you said, finding a void in the market and filling it, was when I developed our academic planners. 
And that, again, came from not being able to find what I needed in the market to be able to teach students time. I really believe they need to see it to manage it, and there was nothing out there available. So, again, I did a lot of my own research, developed a time a, t- a planner. I mean, that's a whole other segment on how to take a product to market. <laughs> right. But once you do that, you absolutely need to have a substantial team around you. Right. And I, that's really where the company ICL really pivoted. I was looking. Really blew ourselves out. I was looking at your book, How to Do It Now, which is so great. And just your charts, uh, you know, bouncing off of procrastination, which any one of us could be guilty of. And something Maura and I were discussing today, actually gauging how much time it takes you to do a specific task, which can be really daunting for a, a youngster or a teenager right. to work on their time management. And they will they might say to you, oh, mom, it will take me, you know, five minutes and it's really going to take them two hours or two days or two weeks. And they have insufficiently scheduled that. But I, I, I really, I glanced through your material and the charts and I, I think it's revolutionary. Now, did you ever have a brick and mortar establishment or was this always something out of your house? How, do, how does that work? It's all. Awesome. So it's all virtual. So I am virtual out of my own home. Everyone who works for me and my complete team is virtual. They work all over the United States. Um, We do have a fulfillment center um, where everything is mailed out of that. It's probably the only brick and mortar that we have. So for someone who is like super conservative and growing the business and we were ahead of the time in being virtual. I find that really, I find, I find that funny if you know me as a person. <laughs> but, um, yes, we are all virtual and everyone always has been, always has been. How did you learn to yes, manage your business? Um, I'm sorry? It, it, always, it has its good and its bad. There's something very energizing about being in, like when I used to go visit my team pre-COVID, it's great to be in a room. You get, you know, you kick off all that energy. But, um... There's good and bad to being virtual, you can because ima- you can imagine. So, how did you learn to run a business? Because now you have to you have employees and you have to deal with budgets and um, salaries and income tax and you know it, it's a business and it's a job of itself. Who am I? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, but listen, here's you know I have a lot of like I have a little I have a lot of mantras that I've learned over the years. Um, one of them is you can do everything, but not all at the same time. I think because people look at me and say, how do you how do you manage it all? And then the other thing is delegate, delegate, delegate. Hire people to do the things that either A, you don't know how to do, B, you don't want to do, or C, that they do better than you. So add up all those things. And I feel like that is something that I've done really well. Um, I am acutely aware, and I don't mean to sound boastful, but I'm acutely aware of what I do really well, and I am super aware of what I don't. Um, So I am lucky over the years that I've been able to cultivate a team that is really good at what they do. That doesn't mean we don't have bumps in the road. That doesn't mean things don't fall through the cracks. That doesn't mean we don't need to stop every year and close ourselves down to reassess everything. And we do that. We, that's a little thing that I would give any entrepreneur, mompreneur is shut your business down and rip it apart. Go over every single thing you do. Question the why. 
and that will give you amazing intel to figure out what you need in your business and also what you don't. So, Leslie, let me ask you, what percentage of your employees are women? A hundred percent. I had a feeling you were going to say that. And of the hundred percent, what percentage are moms? A hundred (laughs) percent. Look at that. You know, I had someone say this to me recently that they've uh, been finding their employees through Facebook uh, neighbors, I think, and that they really started to notice a common theme that the mothers were able to multitask and do things that Uh they needed to help them. And I thought, gosh, that's that's how did it take us so long to get to that point? That that's really great. And can you think of anything that you would say that has been um, you, you know, you say you do an annual assessment and you, you do self-reflection. Was there a time that you really hit something that was like a, a curveball that you learned from and that you pivoted off of? Um, yes. Um, so I, like I said, I've been super, I'm a super conservative when it comes to our business. Um, um, I would say that when we developed the planners, the second year out, they ex- Bloated. Like, I would never have imagined that growth. And what I was not prepared for, and again, I think it's just as important to say the things that you screwed up as well as the things that you do well, is the foundation of the business. The things that you're so in your business working, like that you don't always think about your systems, your structures, how, you, how you're communicating, you know, all the template, all of that in place. And so... That really, that, you know, we had a lot of issues. I mean, you know, definitely that, definitely growing pains hit us. And so that's where that whole concept of taking a break and closing down and going over every single thing we do and asking the question why or how can we do it better or how can we streamline it, how can we communicate with each other more effectively. Because, again, more team members you bring on, more initiative you bring on, that that bottom layer needs to support you. And I'm going to say this, uh, this year, you know, I'm in the youth business and, you know, the world fell apart on March 12th and we were able to, on March 16th, that Monday morning, we were, you know, had pivoted a few things that we had planned and like hit the ground running at 90 miles an hour. And I attribute that not only to the amazingness of the people who work for me, but that we had built the foundation to support what was going to be coming over the last nine months. That's great. Good good words of wisdom. Um, thank you. We'll be back. You're listening to The Balanced Dilemma. Leslie Josel. we were talking before about expanding in your business, but, I mean, you were trained in, you worked in PR, and you trained yourself in ADHD and time management, but then you went into actual Manufacturing, and you have this mm-hmm. academic planner that's incredibly successful. And how do you? How did you learn how to create a product and have it uh, printed up and sold? I mean, that's a whole different end of a business. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I only laugh because there's so many things about running a business that you need to learn. Uh, and yes, from, you know, manufacturing, developing, retail sales. Um, all of that. So um, how did you learn? Again, I'm sorry? How did you learn? Um, like you learn anything. You get educated. You sit down. I mean, I'm, uh, this, I'm, I like this part of things. Um, 
problem solving doesn't bother me. And I know that's a funny thing to say, but I feel that you know, I speak to other entrepreneurs who say, like, this is what derailed me. And I'm all about, like, uncovering all the information I need and then making a decision. Um, but I'm also smart enough to know where I begin and where I end. So um, I knew I had the idea. I knew how to test it out. And I knew how to test it out within my community of other productivity experts. But when it really came to expanding it, um, I had to bring somebody in to teach me. Okay. That's really what you do. You bring somebody in who can say, you know, who can teach you the the, the minutiae, you might say, that you need to know to be able to make educated decisions. So, let me, Leslie, is your husband involved in the business at all? The, you're not the first person to ask me that. Other than moral support? But yeah, so my husband is an attorney and obviously has his own job, but we deal so much in contracts and licensing agreements, not only for the planner, but every speaking engagement, every book deal, every everything that comes my way, um, there's a contract involved. So he handles anything that has to do with my legal affairs. That is his job. And thank God for that. Trademarking everything, anything legal, he handles for me. Yeah. You know, you've touched on an interesting, you, you mentioned your books. And we, we have had another author on the show, uh, Eileen Parla. Uh, I was going to say Parla Piano, but <laughs> somebody different. Yes, and um, the what is your ritual for writing your books? Do you have a system? How does that? What is? Your, how do you? How do you get from the beginning to an end writing a book? So I'm very lucky in that every book I've written, um, has, there's been a publisher on the other side. I don't know how people who self-publish do it because that accountability process for me is. Is, is is so necessary and so needed. So if you have a publisher breathing down your back saying you need to turn in X amount of chapters by X date, that is, that is trust me, that is motivation enough. So you For even me, you need somebody oh, behind you cracking the whip. Absolutely. <laughs> There's just two, listen, I write a weekly column for a national magazine and knowing that I have to produce four columns a month for the next month, again, I, I literally draw a line for one day in my planner, I close the world off and I sit down and I write those four columns in one day. If I had to do it a little bit each day, it would never happen. And that's my writing style also. Like I would much rather put three days on the calendar and seal it off and just sit and write than to try to grab an hour here or an hour there. That doesn't work for me. I'm a deep flow thinker. So I need a lot of hours like padded so that I can get into that deep flow, you know, close out the world and get done so what I need to get you done. you do the strategy of blocking out the time. I, I don't know if you've 100%. heard this before, but Stephen King has said, you write with yeah. the door closed, you edit with the door open. A hundred percent. Right. And so this morning before we went on the air, of course, Maura and I are chatting and she used this great phrase I hadn't heard before called the humble brag. Now, you and I, we met each other. Uh, probably in the halls of school with our children, but the one big uh, thing that comes to mind was Shakespeare that our children were involved with. Uh, But some of our identity, when we walk through the school doors, we're just a mom. So how did this work for you? Did you have a humble brag? I mean, did you talk about, did you self-promote when when you were in the school halls? How how did that work socially for you? So interestingly enough, um, and I think, this is a, that's a really good question. 
So I am not a bragger, but yet I am a poster. So there's a difference. So I, part of my business has, I would say, absolutely social media has played a massive role in promoting order out of chaos. Our programs are everything, um, you know, appearances, books, all of that. So a lot of it, a lot of what I do, I don't need to be telling somebody face-to-face. A lot of what would happen organically is I would be in the school and someone would say, my goodness, I just saw that you were in Kuwait, or (laughs) I just saw that you published a book, or like, oh, my God, you just won an award. Like, it was a lot easier that way. I'm not in the business of saying, hi, I'm Leslie Joe Sell, and I'm a big deal. That's not who I am. I think I'm a lot more humble than that. I think um, just by what I do and things that we would tell and the stories we tell, I think that was enough of a humble brag. Does that, does that Oh, it make definitely. Sense? And look, your, your self-characterization is true because when I think of you, we're talking mom selling cookies to support the exactly. Shakespeare. We're doing what we have to do where we are. And there's but on the other hand, Leslie, you really have had to put out those posts there and, you know, uh, Research shows that women have a trouble have trouble with the self promotion. There's a large gender gap in this, yeah. um, and in I fact, agree. even when women do it, they're not rewarded, whereas men are. Right, it, ambition can be seen as an unappealing attribute in women, uh-huh. unfortunately. So this is why we're discussing it. And women are also likely to speak in terms of we and the team, which you do as well. But yeah. how do you get over this? Not wanting to be so out there when you really are in terms, at least your social media is. Um, I don't feel that way. I, I don't feel that has anything to do with myself as a woman or a man. So I will say this very upfront. Um, I have learned the hard way that I answer a question and then I shut up. Meaning if this is my, if this is what we're charging, I don't explain things away anymore. And that was something I did at the very beginning. I don't do that anymore. I do believe in my talent. I do believe in what we bring to the table. I do speak in we because, and unequivocally, I could not do what I do without the people who work with me. That doesn't mean that I'm not the front of the business. But trust me, nothing would get done the way it gets done at Order Out of Chaos. I couldn't write my book, planner, speak, any of it, coach, if it was not for the people. I don't believe in that as a woman thing. I believe that as just a human really tapping into being a really good boss and manager. And that's, so that's kind of also why I took away this whole mompreneur thing, I'm sorry, and only call myself now an entrepreneur. What I bring to the table, whether it's a humble brag or not, whether it's a promotion or not, is not based on the fact that I'm a woman. It's based on, does anybody just really want to hear somebody brag all the time? Or is there a way to possibly put some good content around the brag? And that's what I try to do. It's not just oh, look, we won an award, but we won an award because we're, we're showing the world what special needs children need. Isn't that the important part, point of it? And I think that's the balance. So, and I feel that it's something that I've achieved. So that takes me to a related area on how you measure success. Is it based on um, wealth, accomplishment, purpose, or something else? I mean, I, I, I read uh, Maya Angelou said, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And I wondered yep. if 
if that resounded with you. So interestingly, I was, and I'm going to say this, here's my humble brag. I was interviewed for Forbes.com and they asked my husband a question and my husband said, my wife in my eyes is one of the most successful people in the world, in his eyes, because she took a, an idea, a whim of an idea and built this virtual global uber successful business. That was his idea of success. Mine is that two things. I wake up every single morning and I love what I get to do. And And Leslie, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought because we're going to take a break and we will be back. Working nine to five, what a way to make a living. This is The Balanced Dilemma. Talking with Leslie Joselle. And Leslie, before we broke, we were talking success. Mm -hmm. Was there a moment where you knew you had made it or were a success? Um, not one moment. So I think there are little micro, there are micro moments. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, um, I sure. If I had to really think about what made me know I was successful, it wouldn't be like another book deal or an award or something like that, because I believe those moments are fleeting. I do. I, I yes. most people would say that's how they felt successful, but I think all of those things are, are super fleeting, right? Like you have your moment in the sun and they go. I think for, for me, it was being able to not hide behind my business and be able to say, yes, I am very successful, but, and yes, I worked really hard in getting there and really knowing, and this is really it for me, is knowing that we, no matter how big the business has gotten or no matter how many twists and turns it's gone through, that we have stayed absolutely committed to our mission. And being able to do that and serve people literally in the most authentic way possible because I am who I am no matter what I'm bringing to the table and do that profitably, that's pretty successful in my book. So we've talked uh, a lot today about the business you, but here on the balanced dilemma, one of the components is self care, and you know how, along with time management and and things like exercise, meditation. Tell us what a day is like for you. What time do you wake up, and how do you manage the things in your household? So, I, I will say that I, um, for years, I'm going to be blunt. I sucked at the balance, and I sucked at the self care. Absolutely, because you know, working in a virtual business and working out of your house or traveling on the road as much as I have, you know, it's, it's very, you know, it's hard to cut, it's hard to cut the cord, right? It's hard to separate it out. Um, I, if the pandemic has done anything, it has definitely brought self-care back into my life. Um, so I'm definitely more deliberate. Um, I am a late girl. I'm not an early girl. So I get up about seven. Um, and the one thing that has now become non-negotiable is the hours between 7 and 8 are mine. Um, it could be a walk. It could be an exercise class, meaning virtual. It could just be doing nothing and staring into space. Um, but I have taken those hours back for myself, and I have I never used to do that. So... Well, your children are older now, right? Um, yeah. So you don't yeah. have that rush in the morning. Yeah. and. No. The COVID has given you this, this like many people, the opportunity to to get back into that. Back when the the children were school aged, how did it work on uh, any given day, juggling your business with your family needs? 
very difficultly. Um, everything became one. The one nice thing about my business is that it grew out of my family need. So there was an understanding within my family of what I did. So I would get up, you know, it was a very, you know, my kids always came first. So interestingly, um, when people ask me about, like, how did you balance being a mom and my business, I kind of shoot back and say the balance wasn't about my kids. My, my kids always had my attention because I was able to say I have to go to a dance recital or a Shakespeare thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The difference was my, and I, I have a very healthy marriage, but that that did not come first. I mean, you know, it was easy. It, it was my kids and my business because my kids needed me. My husband was able to take care of things on his own. My husband also traveled. So not until my kids got older was I able to take a breath and be able to re what's what I'm looking for. Reprioritize, you might say. Right. Um, but then again, my business also got busier and I started to travel more. Um, I think just, you know what? I just do what I do. There, I don't have a magic. I didn't have a magic bullet back then, but I will say that I am a late girl. And I think that really helped because you would find me in my office till two in the morning. It was not unlikely for me to first sit down at 10 o'clock at night and put in four hours of work. Got it. Night owl. <laughs> Night owl. <laughs> and um, so now the kids are older and you're getting this opportunity. Are there things that you're embracing now that uh, you don't have those demands that were so d- difficult to juggle uh, years ago? I have more time. If that's what you, well, it's not even that they're older. What um. What I think has changed is the last three years, the travel schedule that I had was incredibly intense. Um, I would say that even the month of February, right before the world shut down, I was probably home for five days in the month of February. That puts a lot of strain on your time and on a schedule and your self-care. If you are literally home getting ready to leave, being gone, and then coming home to try to catch up. So I feel right now life is a lot more measured. There's a lot more Leslie time. There's a lot more family time. There's a lot more empty time. And that's not easy for me. That's not. I am used to, you know, I'm used to 90 miles an hour. So this is something even I'm adapting to and figuring out right now is how to be in one place not be on the road and for someone who does their best thinking or does a lot of work on airplanes and gets their this has been a credible adjustment you know and listen I'm not complaining I know I'm lucky but you asked about me particularly and this is this is the reconfiguring that I'm dealing with right now it's how to how to learn to be in one place and make it work for yourself got it having an online business though it really has allowed you to um Managed through the pandemic, hasn't it? Beyond. We hired. I mean, we had, I mean, like, you know my business more, but it, it this nine months, it, it, we would never have been able to have guessed that this was going to happen. How big so, is your staff now? Ten. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's big enough. It's a number of people to manage. Yep. So I would imagine that actually the demands increased in this time period as parents saw just how much help their kids needed being at home. Yes. yes. And how much they needed. 
how much the parent needed. We, we keep saying how much. And we're lucky. We had things that we already had produced. We were able to do new things. The first two months of the pandemic, we did everything other than products. I can't do that. But anything we had, we did it for free. We really did. We were blessed that we were able to hold webinars and Facebook Lives um, and things like that and just say, just come. We want to be there for you. We want to be the home that you can come to to get your questions answered. And I believe that we were able to do that. I'm going to go all the way back because we had that foundation. Um, we were, you know, we started on solid ground. We. So, Leslie, a question is because it's the balance dilemma. One of the questions we ask our guests is whether you think that you can have it all and all at the same time. No. I said I do not at all. And I remember when I first started my business and my mind was going like 50 miles an hour. And I was on the phone with, I believe it was my sister. And I said, I want to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And she said, you can do everything you want not all at the same time. And that has been like postered onto in my head since day one, because from the outside, people say it looks like you do 50 million things. It does. All at the same time. I know that. I know what it looks like, but there is a schedule. There is a deliberateness. There's also other people who are doing a lot of that background that you don't see. But I am a, I'm also very deliberate in all that we do. I do not believe it. I don't believe, I don't believe in a balance every day. I feel like you need to be looking at it from a 36,000 level view. Like, what was your week like? Are you at least, if you can't do it Monday to Thursday, can you possibly do it on Fridays? That was a big thing for me. Fridays were like very, because I work Sundays. Sundays are the work day for me. I love Sunday because it's quiet and the emails are not there and I can do my good thinking. So Friday was my was my day. So Leslie, how can people learn more about you and Order Out of Chaos? Super easy. Um, if you go to orderoochaos.com, that's our website, it will take you anywhere you need to go, our product site, our coaching site, our social media, anything you need. But just go there first and from there and we'll have that on our show notes and maura tell us what's a we have in store you're basically my time manager here tell me (laughs) what we we have next (laughs) so our next show in two weeks our guest is dr christine whalen she's a professor at the university of wisconsin in madison her uber popular classes address living a good life looking at choices about money relationships and personal improvement but that's not actually what we're going to talk to her about (laughs) Forty years ago, her mother wrote a little-known article called Confessions of a Superwoman. And we're going to talk about the reality, the myth, and why Superwoman is still the goal. And that was one of those articles we discussed from day one. And that's going to be on January 21st at 2 p.m. And for everyone who listens to us, our shows are available on our social media platforms, LinkedIn and Facebook. And we are going to launch our website very shortly, so stay tuned. And we include in our show notes the recommendations from our guests. And for Leslie, that's going to be your website, so everyone can just click on it and see all of your material. And your books. That's right. And this has been, you know, you're a woman after my own heart, Leslie, when, uh, as they say, if you need something done, give it to a a busy person or a busy (laughs) busy woman, busy mother. Um, You know, you really seem to have juggled it all and have made a really rewarding life for yourself and your family. Thank, Thank you so you. much. I appreciate that outlook. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us on The Balanced Dilemma. I'm Maura Carlin. I'm Christy Derrico. See you next time. <laughs>